The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Help! I need somebody! Help! Not just anybody! Help! You know I need someone! Help! Welcome to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. Family caregivers don't have to be alone in their experiences. You will hear from experts and other caregivers facing the same issues that you may be facing. Now, here is your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Welcome to episode 315 of Family Caregivers Unite. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, your host. I'm a physician retired from medical practice. Our topic today is teaching persons with disabilities to cook confidently. Now, teaching persons with disabilities means that the persons with disabilities are learning to do things that are difficult for them because of obstacles that get in their way. Now, that also means that their teachers need to understand that they, the teachers of persons with disabilities, are learners too. The teachers are learners And they're learners who need to learn about obstacles that get in the individual person's way. They need to learn about um, the individual person with disabilities. They need to learn about the same things that that person needs to learn to overcome the obstacles that get in his or her way. And the teachers need to learn to have patience with all the persons they're teaching as they learn in their own ways to overcome their obstacles. And there's even more, excuse me, to this subject of learning. Friends, first, friends, fellow students and school teachers need to learn that making fun of a student with disabilities gets in the student's way. Second, managers and co-workers need to learn the ways in which persons with disabilities learn work, which is new to them. Third, everyone needs to listen and learn and understand just how important are family caregivers in supporting family members with disabilities through their learning. And fourth point, Persons with disabilities have much to teach us all, all of which is why our topic, teaching persons with disabilities to cook confidently, is so important. To discuss it, our guest is Matthew Miller. Matthew has mild cerebral palsy. He currently works as a sales associate at Walmart. Before that, he was a cashier. He's also worked as a special education teacher, teacher assistant, and substitute teacher. He's a graduate of Culpeper County High School. He earned an Associate of Arts and Sciences degree in education from Germana Community College. He has a Bachelor's of Science degree in special education and a Master of Arts degree in human relations. During college, he volunteered his time as a peer academic advisor, 
a student grader and he gave presentations of transition planning and special education and test taking strategies. And he types about 40 words a minute, but with his left hand only. He wrote his book, Overcoming Obstacles in Cooking, to encourage beginning cooks and those with disabilities not to give up. And like his mom did, he likes to bake desserts. So welcome to the show, Matthew. Thank you for having me. <laughs> You're very welcome. Now, my first question for you is, please tell us about your experience, your own experience, with your own family's family caregiving. Matthew? Um, I mean, uh, well, I was born with cerebral palsy, I guess. My parents um, diagnosed me, or I guess when I was one year old, they went to the University of Virginia Hospital because I couldn't, um, they thought I was blind at first because I wouldn't respond to um, um, light or follow objects well. So, um, but I have... uh, I have four brothers, and um, they all have taught me how to cook, and mainly my, well, my mom and dad, like, my mom used to um, teach me to cook when my brothers were out playing sports or uh, hunting or doing what they did outside, because I'm not athletic, and I can't... uh, I couldn't do those things, so I wanted, I was discouraged. So to encourage me, my mom taught me, started to teach me patiently how to cook. That's a a great beginning. Now, that takes us to your book, Overcoming Obstacles in Cooking. Please tell us about that, Matthew. Um, It's a cookbook for people with disabilities and beginning cooks. Uh, it includes recipes such as uh, brown sugar, butter pork chumps, and chocolate butterscotch pudding cake. You also will learn, um, teachers will learn how to use food in the classroom. Um, there's a special ed um, glossary called Alphabet Soup of Special Ed Abbreviations, um, putting a school supply list to work in your kitchen, and it has um, suggested cookbooks and an overcoming obstacles uh, shopping list, which is basically products that are Oh, more useful for people with disabilities, such as pop-top cans and uh, a one-touch can opener, which was as seen on TV, and also books and DVDs about cooking, such as um, the sitcom Full House and uh, Bernstein Bears, Junk Food, that's how I learned how to read. Oh, I mean, cook was, I learned by reading books about food first and then discussing them. And then I would want to make what 
the characters made in the story in the kitchen. So um, I wanted to write a book that would be easier for people uh, with disabilities and those who work with people with disabilities so they can have a resource to turn to when they're teaching people how to cook that have disabilities. Right. Matthew, I'm just going to interrupt to say that when people who listen are listening to this, um, to your conversation with me, when they first click onto it, um, there's a page of description of what it's about, and I've included in that a link to your book. So people who've heard you talk about it, I hope will go to the link and buy it. <laughs> because yes, that, I hope so. That, and the book is available as an ebook for $3.99 if they have an Amazon Kindle or Barnes & Noble Nook e-reader. Okay, they can, great. They can buy that as an e-book for $3.99. And the paperback, it's listed as $35.99, but I think Amazon has it for $32.39 right now. Um, Yeah. Now, Matthew, um, just quickly, I want you to tell us a bit more um, why you wrote the book, about why you wrote it. What led you to write it? Well, I first wanted to write books because when I were, or when I was younger and people made fun of me, my mom and dad would take me to the library and have me look up look for books that were written uh, by people with disabilities. And then they would have me read the book, we would discuss it, and I would be encouraged again. So I wanted to do the same thing for others. I also, when looking um, through cookbooks or in like Barnes & Noble, and books a million. I didn't see. I didn't see many cookbooks for people with disabilities, or if any at all. I mean, there may be others online, but since I have cerebral palsy myself, I know I've spent my entire life going overcoming obstacles to try to learn how to cook. I mean, it, it took me ten years to learn how to use a can opener and also how to use a knife and a fork to cut food up. So I wanted to encourage others with disabilities and those who work with people with disabilities not to give up. But there weren't many cookbooks uh, for people with disabilities. So I thought, well, I will write one and write about my experiences. Your mom was a great influence on you and a great help to you. Um, is the book in some way a result of your mom's caring for you, Matthew? Uh, yes. Um, I wrote it as a tribute to my parents, but also my mom, because she died of cancer in 2005 from lung cancer. So... Um, it's a tribute to her and my parents. Um, but yes, uh, most of the experiences were a result of her 
teaching me patiently in the cooking while my brothers were out, uh, outside doing other things and playing sports and things that I couldn't do. <laughs> so, Yeah. So family caregiving for you um, was also an inspiration for you. It was also learning. And then it was the kind of learning that led you into sharing your experience and your knowledge and therefore becoming a teacher. That's right, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Um, now that I mainly wanted to become a teacher because I was in special ed classes growing up, and if I had not had the teachers that I did to want to take the time to do the research to find a way to help me, even when they didn't have somebody in, with cerebral palsy in their class before. And if they had not taken the time to find, do the research that want to help me to help them grow as a teacher, then I wouldn't have gone to college or definitely I wouldn't have written a book because um, my handwriting is very slow and very um, sloppy sometimes. Yeah. But um, so I, I use a computer a lot to write right. books, but... Now, Matthew, we're stopping now because we have to take a break. This is where I like to say to everybody, this is where we pay the rent. So we're going to take the break now and then we'll come back to more of this, this important story. So this is Dr. Gordon Asley. My guest is Matthew Miller. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment Channels and CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio. Please stay with us. We will be back. Want more positivity in your life? Are you ready to get healthy, happy, and energized? Join the Stella Donna Goddess Gals, Cynthia Bryan, and Heather Brittany for a power hour of stimulating, supportive conversation on Star Style. Be the star you are. A lineup of best-selling authors, celebrities, and experts join the effervescent mother-daughter dynamic duo in this upbeat, positive, life-changing talk radio playground. Star Style, Be the Star You Are, Wednesdays, 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific, 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Lend us your ears. It's power time. Are you ready to move to your next level? Listen for Empowering Women, Transforming Lives with host Rebecca Hall Greider. Each show will focus on a central topic with discussion, guests, and your questions being featured. Our show is perfect for women who feel a call in their heart to step out in a bigger, more powerful way in their life and just need some encouragement, inspiration, and practical steps to support them on their journey. Empowering Women, Transforming Lives can be heard live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Empowerment. are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. That's D-O-C, the letter G, at familycaregiversunite.org. Don't forget, you can catch new episodes of our program twice every week. Mondays on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and Tuesdays on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. 
Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Matthew Miller. Our topic is teaching persons with disabilities to cook confidently. Now, Matthew, let's talk about the obstacles you experienced when you were learning cooking. Now, first, please tell us about generally the obstacles you experienced when you were learning cooking. Matthew. Um, well, like I said, it took me longer to learn how to uh, use a regular knife and fork to cut up uh, meat or whatever, So, and also a regular can opener. So until I learned how to use a regular can opener, I used pop-top cans and an electric can opener. Um, to cut to open cans, and then I would start out with using a plastic knife and fork to cut out soft foods such as a pancake, pancakes. Before I started learning how to use a regular fork to cut up steak, or um, for example. But also another obstacle is. Um, some people were not patient with me and they expected me to learn how to cook or learn how to like flip something in a frying pan the first time they showed me. And then if I didn't, they would get impatient with me and some would yell at me, but, um, and that, uh, caused me to not be confident in myself and, not, um, it took me longer to learn how to cook because I thought I was stupid because I couldn't learn to cook like everybody else. But my parents were very patient with me and, um, through being, as a result of being patient, they, I learned how to cook. Right. Now, I want to go forward and ask you more about overcoming the obstacles. You've already said you learned how to cook, which meant that you had and did overcome the obstacles. But I want to know more about the ways you actually learned to overcome those obstacles, including that tough one that you just mentioned, that people got impatient with you so that you felt that you know, you were somehow lacking in skills or something, and that was not at all helpful for you. So, Matthew, my question, please tell us about the ways you learned to overcome the obstacles that you experienced in learning cooking. Matthew? Um, I, my mom would teach me how to, like I started learning how to worst dishes or like she used to can things in jars but she had a garden and I would she taught me how to uh, wash a jar out with um, a dish rag and putting the soap in the dish rag inside the jar and then filling it up with water and then shaking the jar and then pouring that out and filling it up with clear water with clean water and dumping it out. But she would have me uh, help with the dishes to try to teach me some 
things to do in the kitchen. And then she would, my dad had me learn how to cook by uh, uh, teaching me how to mix up instant pudding and Kool-Aid drink mix and mix Kool-Aid. And then also, if you want to, oh, if you're trying to pour Kool-Aid into a bottle or into a jar, if you use a cooking funnel to pour the Kool-Aid, it will make oh, the hole bigger, and that's easier for people with disabilities. His mom would use a cooking funnel when she was trying to pour stuff into the jars that she can, such as tomatoes or uh, grapes when she made grape juice. So um, she just gradually taught me how to make, uh, how to cook, teaching me how to do side dishes first and then uh, a whole meal when I was ready to do, when I was comfortable with making uh, the drinks and dessert first. So it wouldn't be so overwhelming for me. I want to ask you more about the way in which your mom taught you, your mother taught you, and the things she taught you. Now, I understand, however, that your dad and your brothers, the other members of your family, were all very supportive and helpful to you. But I, because perhaps I associate your mom with cooking and things of that nature. Maybe I'm wrong doing that, but the same to, you know. So I I want to go right back to the beginning now, as far as you can remember. When was it that your mom began to, in effect, teach you the things of the kitchen, the things of cooking, and the things of food preparation that have been so useful to you and got you finally to the point where you wrote a book. Please tell us about the very start that you can remember um, when your mum began to say, come on, Matthew, let's get into the kitchen and learn something. Matthew? I would say probably when I was, oh, probably like, Six, six or seven, she would have, she would read like the Berenstein Bears and Too Much Chunk Food, or if you give a mouse a cookie, she read me that story. And then she would take me into the kitchen and show me, have me sit down and watch her make healthy foods or watch her make cookies. Um, but she read me the story first and had me read the story out loud and when I could read. And then we would discuss, well, if um, they can make cookies and healthy foods, then you can too. So then I was like, well, can I go into the kitchen and watch you make food? So that was like the first um, thing that I can remember or reading stories to me about food and then having me watch her make food in the kitchen so then I could ask questions. Um, I'm just going to ask you this question about your mom. Was she a teacher? Um, Was that her profession? Um, 
And what was it, do you think, in any case, that um, got your mother started on you with the cooking because she saw something in you and in the cooking that was profoundly important to you. So was she a teacher? What was her career? Please tell us a little bit more about her background. Matthew? Uh, no, my mom wasn't a teacher. She was actually a seamstress. That was her first, her career was she um, was a seamstress. She worked in a sewing factory. And then later on, she had a business out of her house where she would make costumes for people or um, different things that they, she would sew different things for people. It started as a hobby, and then friends would come over to the house, and they saw my mom's quilts and were like, can you make me that? And I have friends that will buy stuff that you make. So by word of mouth, she got um, a small business from home making stuff for people. But she, um, I guess... Since I wasn't athletic, she decided to try to teach me a life skill, and cooking is a life skill, so she wanted to try that and um, to see if I could cook, and she wanted to teach me that so I would have a life skill, and then she said, if you learn to cook, it will make you feel better, you'll feel better about yourself because you're able to cook your own meals and then you'll be more confident. So that's why she wanted to teach me how to cook. She she taught you, didn't she, self-respect when you realized that, yes, you were learning, you were doing the things, you were able to do the things that your mom was teaching you to do. Um, and that, if I'm right, made you feel good and better about yourself. Is that right? Yes. Now that also, I'd like to take that back to something else about your mom, which you've told us. Your mom was obviously um, a businesswoman. She had a sense of business and she had a sense of what was valuable. Uh, in started as a hobby, uh, seamstress work, but she realized that people valued what it was that she was creating and doing. And in that sense, she taught you something that you um, were able to do and which was valued. And the value is in the book you wrote. Now, am I right about that? Yes, um... Cooking started as a hobby or just a chore. That was actually one of our chores growing up, was you're going to help us make dinner. And all my brothers and I, all of us, had to help in some way in the kitchen, uh, whether it be washing dishes or making a side dish or setting the table. You know, we all had to help. Yes. So, but she did that so we would have a life skill. And I'm glad she did. <laughs> yes. So, 
But it started as uh, baking started as a hobby or cooking, and then now it's become a book because I want to help people like my mom helped me. Yes, yes. And in that sense, life really did begin at home for you in a way that enabled you to overcome obstacles and also to do something, write a book, which not many people can do. Mm -hmm. I'm not being negative when I say that. I'm saying being positive. That is to say it's a difficult thing to do is to write a book. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of effort. And it, it's sometimes quite a challenge to get it published. You've overcome all of those. And that's a, an exciting and thrilling story in itself. But it's also inspirational to mm -hmm. anybody like your mom, like your dad, like your brothers, or like you, who are learning to overcome the obstacles that life presents to them because they have disabilities. Now, on that point, I'm going to take the break again, so we'll do that now. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, and my guest is Matthew Miller. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment Channels and CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio. Please stay with us. We will be back. It's time to access your magic. Tune in each week to Living in the Magic of Possibilities with your host, Glenice Hughes. Our topics cover finances, personal health, business, relationships, mediumship, and so much more. If you want to access all that is possible in your life, listen to Glenice and her expert guests who've turned the impossible into the possible. Living in the Magic of Possibilities is heard live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have you figured out what's not working in your business and why? Could you use a little help? Join your host, Tamaran, for Let's Figure It Out Intimately. Tamaran was struggling with the same issue, so she hired other business coaches and experts to help her see what she couldn't. Her journey is to keep learning, and she is here to share this with you so that we can all keep working together. Let's Figure It Out Intimately. Airs live every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. That's D-O-C, the letter G, at familycaregiversunite.org. Don't forget, you can catch new episodes of our program twice every week. Mondays on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and Tuesdays on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Matthew Miller. Our topic is teaching persons with disabilities to cook confidently. Now, Matthew, I want to talk you to talk about the types of obstacles experienced by persons with disabilities in work that is new to them. Cooking was new to you. Washing the dishes was new to you. Your mom taught you those things. Now, I want you to talk about 
and give us examples of the types of obstacles that are experienced by persons with disabilities when they are in work that is new to them. Matthew? Well, when you, when a person with a disability, when you tell them, okay, just go to dinner or go mow the grass, and you don't show them in steps, and gradually, and you just tell them, go cook, you have to cook dinner tonight, and you don't tell them, or like I said, break it up in steps, then they get over, they may get overwhelmed because they're like, well, this is too big of a task for me to do. So if you break it up into parts, by you're going to start by setting the table, and then when you get comfortable with that, we'll teach you how to mix up a drink um, that's like Kool-Aid. And then we'll teach you to make a side dish and then dinner. Um, then it becomes less over, it doesn't, it's not overwhelming to people with disabilities or, or it's less likely to be overwhelming because they're able to break the process down in steps. And they're like, well, I can, I can set the table. I did that. So let me move on to the something harder and the next step. So, but the obstacle is when you when you just tell them to go do something, and then without giving them any guidance by breaking it into steps, then it may seem overwhelming. Now let's talk about that breaking things into steps. Um, it obviously takes longer. That takes time. And people can get impatient. And you've already mentioned this. Um, they see what they think is slowness. Whereas mm -hmm. what's really going on is learning step by step. Um, so that the people with disabilities master one step and then move on with confidence to another. Now, I want you to explain to us what you've learned and want to teach others about overcoming the obstacles like people being impatient, or you're taking too long, or it's obvious and simple what you need to be doing, get on with it. Now, I'm inventing those things, but just to make the point back to you that that sense of impatience with people as they are learning stepwise seems to be something that's a major obstacle. So. What have you learned about overcoming that type of obstacle, Matthew? Oh, you just have to um, teach people or they have to see uh, the person doing the steps correctly or they have to teach them in the way they learn the best by, like, Speaking to them, if they learn best by hearing, have them watch a video. Uh, if they learn best by um, seeing or g giving them a chance to watch you and help you in the kitchen, if they learn best by doing. Um, but also, people without disabilities, 
if they're willing to do the research, if they don't know how to do something or don't know about cerebral palsy or another disability, if they're able, willing to read, read about it, then they can educate themselves and then that will help them not be as impatient because they're like, I can, I know more information about cerebral palsy and they just take a little bit longer to process information sometimes, or I did. And I also had to have a quiet, like the kitchen had to be quiet when mom was teaching me how to cook. And because I needed a quiet environment to be able to concentrate. So, so you needed... Um, a quiet environment so that you could concentrate on learning step by step the task. But when you'd finished your learning process, this is right, isn't it? You were yeah. okay. You could do it. Yeah. You succeeded. That's right, isn't it? Once somebody broke the task down into steps and let me do it a couple times in steps, then the next time when they said go... Oh, go cook the whole dinner. Then I was like, okay, yes, I can do this. And I didn't yeah. need help because they broke it in steps to begin with. And they gave me time um, to process the information, their directions. So then I wasn't overwhelmed anymore. And I was able to do it without them explaining it and breaking it into steps because I already knew to break it into steps with everything that I learned. So Now, I want to direct, it's the same question, but concerning a different group of people, and that is employers, managers, and co-workers, um, and I'm sure you're going to agree with this, need to understand all that you've been saying about stepwise learning and giving people a little bit of time, a little bit of peace to learn things. Um, first question to you then is, do you think that employers, managers and co-workers um, are in fact um, well enough learned in those needs, those important ways that people with disabilities overcome their, also their obstacles. What do you think? Um, well, like I said, I, I think they are, they are patient, but once they educate, read about the disability or know how to accommodate a person with a disability, then they're better off because they have the tools to help people with disabilities. Right. Uh, for people that are visually impaired, you want to have uh, handouts in, or information in large print handouts. If you're visually impaired or learning dis disability or a person has a learning disability, then you want to have them read the information, but also have a transcript, uh, audio transcript, so they can listen 
with headphones to the person talking or reading the information so they can learn best by hearing. If they have cerebral palsy, you want to um, give them breaks and then maybe start with the hardest task first at the beginning of their shift when they have most of their strength. And then at the end of your, their shift, you want to have them do a lighter task because after working all day, um, that's when it brings on the tremors. A person with cerebral palsy, if they have to work fast all day, um, they may start to have tremors, so then you want to have them do something lighter at the end of their shift or work on an express lane at the end of their shift and a, a big lane at the beginning of their shift when I was a cashier. And that's something my bosses and managers would do for me. And um, it helps. Now, I want to ask you a little bit more about what you've just been talking about in this way. Um, the, in medicine that I used to work in, there are things called clinical practice guidelines, which basically are checklists for the things that doctors should think about or do or drugs they should prescribe for particular conditions. Okay, And you may not see them reading those, but in fact, they are widely used. Now, what I'd like to ask you is this. Is there, do you think there would be use in some kind of guideline for employers, managers, and co-workers for them to read and understand uh, when there's an employee like you with cerebral palsy, or for that matter, other types of disabilities as well? What do you think of that idea? Yes, I think it would be helpful if they had information about different disabilities that they could read about ahead of beforehand or refer back to when helping accommodate people with disabilities. Because when they're given the information, then they're empowered more and they don't get frustrated because they have the information to turn to. Now, very quickly, I'm going to say back to you, this is the age of the computer and you can work, you can type with your left hand, if I recall, 40 words a minute, which is pretty good, isn't it? Yes. Yes. Now, therefore, the question becomes, uh, is special training for people with disabilities and their employers and managers required so that the best use is made of computers? Now, I'm going to have to ask you very quickly to answer that question because we're running out of time. But what do you think? Is there anything special needed in the way of information about computers and cerebral palsy? Is there any special information needed by an employer? when the person with with um, cerebral palsy is going to be working on a computer? Oh, n no, other than they may need a bigger 
they need may need a bigger screen, or sometimes they may they may need to be untimed or have double time because it may take them longer to figure out a computer program. Right. Um, right. That's very helpful, and I hope one of these days we'll have another longer discussion about that. This entire. Um, segment that you've been talking about um, but once again it's the time to take the break so we'll do that now this is Dr. Gordon Atherley and my guest is Matthew Miller you're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment Channels and CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio please stay with us we will be back Are decisions at the leadership level determined by influences of external factors? Discover by tuning in to From the Boardroom to the Bedroom, The Protocol Praxis with Suzanne Z. Pedro. Science reveals that decisions are made subconsciously based on emotions and learning which occurs before one is aware. So take a chance. Open the door. Reframe your critical decisions with proven successful strategies. The Boardroom to the Bedroom. Tune in every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Tune in every week for the Wellness Lounge, a step further with host Desiree Watson. Our program empowers you to incorporate a wellness lifestyle into your life, supported by a diverse selection of guests, including physicians, athletes, and education and government professionals, while helping you realize the connection between mind and body and spirit you'll achieve a personal edge in injury avoidance stress management and personal development the wellness lounge a step further airs mondays at 9 a.m eastern time 6 a.m pacific time on voice america empowerment you are listening to family caregivers unite with dr gordon atherley if you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. That's D-O-C, the letter G, at familycaregiversunite.org. Don't forget, you can catch new episodes of our program twice every week, Mondays on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and Tuesdays on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Matthew Miller. Our topic is teaching persons with disabilities to cook confidently. Now, Matthew, I'm going to ask you what more you would like to do and what more you would like to see done to promote better understanding of the ways persons with disabilities learn to overcome obstacles they experience with work that's new to them. So what more would you like to do, Matthew? What more would I like to do? I hope to write a series of overcoming obstacle books. Um, well, first a series of overcoming obstacle cookbooks, and then I want to do a series of overcoming obstacle books that aren't related to cooking. Um, my next book that I want to do is a diabetic cookbook for people with disabilities. Uh, because um, people with disabilities, um, I have to exercise differently to lose weight than someone that 
It isn't disabled because I can't lift barbells. But that's one thing I want to do is write a series of overcoming obstacle books for people. Right. Now, what more would you like to see done and by whom would you like to see it done to promote better understanding of the things we've been talking about? Matthew? I would say, um, I guess, teachers in school or personnel, when they see someone being picked on with a disability or any of their students picked on, they need to take appropriate action like my elementary principal did and my elementary teachers did. Um, even when it's just words and nobody hit uh, me, of course, people tried to hit me and beat me up and they stopped that. But even when it was just them verbally making fun of me, they did something about it because over a long period of time, if someone with a disability is made fun of, then they grow up not being as confident. Like, I, I have to ask um, if I'm doing something right. Are you sure that this is right? And that comes from constantly being made fun of and some teachers not taking action when it was just verbal uh, verbal comments. And even those hurt worse um, and have longer effects than um, someone physically hurting someone. So just taking action, appropriate action, when they're uh, when people with disabilities are made fun of, and also being willing to do the research. If they don't know how to help someone with a disability, being willing to get on the Internet and do research about it or ask around and ask to see if there's what people can help people with disabilities. Right. Now, very last question. What's your message for families, bosses, co-workers, teachers, and students about the ways persons with disabilities learn to overcome obstacles in work that is new to them. What's your message to the boss, families, bosses, and so on? Matthew? Well, my final message, or my most important message, is do not give up on a person with a disability, or if you're a person with a disability, do not give up. It can take you 10 minutes to learn something or 10 years, but do not give up. Like, it took me, I didn't get all A's and B's on a report card until I was in the sixth grade, so for the first time. So it, I was almost 12 years old by the time I got all A's, A, B, honor roll for the first time. But I didn't give up, even though there were times that I felt like giving up. So don't give up. And it's not, don't feel like you have to know everything. It's knowing where to find the information and being willing to find the answer to the questions that you don't know. Now, I'm going to go back to something that, 
we mentioned briefly before, um, just as an add-in to that answer you've just given, you're saying to all of them, families, bosses, co-workers, teachers and students, you need to know more. Basically, you need to learn things about cerebral palsy, all the disabilities um, that people have to live with and work with. So what I'm suggesting to you is that when you're doing your writing, you might want to think about writing what I call these guidelines relating to these various conditions that deal with, explain and present reliable and trustworthy information uh, about what families, bosses, co-workers, teachers and students should actually know. Uh, this is a loaded question because um, I'm very interested in that kind of work. But is that, is that something that would appeal to you? Yes. Um, I will probably go in more in depth in my next book about what cerebral palsy is. And then I didn't briefly, I didn't really go in depth about what causes cerebral palsy or what the cerebral palsy is in this book. But I, I tried to write the general, some general techniques as they related to cooking. But I'll, I do want to write a series of books and possibly write about that in the future. Right. So what I'm going to finish with is let's have a discussion one of these days about incorporating in your book in some way the kind of information that can be narrowed down, distilled, if you like, into these guidelines um, so that um, people can read them, understand them, and much more important than anything else, understand how they can work with people with disabilities like you who become very productive and successful people um, when they're given time to develop themselves. So on that point, Matthew, I want to thank you for sharing with us your experience, being so open with us, um, being able to give us um, your advice, tell us, being able to tell us what you've learned and being able to pass on what you've learned to others. So all success to you in your work, your writing, your career and your cooking. I want to thank you, to say thank you to our listeners. We'd like to hear your comments on this episode and from our listeners. I'd like to hear about ideas for topics or if you're interested in being a guest on the show. Our next episode will be comparing British and Canadian supports for family caregiving. Please join us, same time, same spot on the internet. Talk with you then. Thank you again for joining us this week for Family Caregivers Unite with your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Please tune in again twice every week, Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until the next show, we hope our programs help make the coming week easier and more hopeful. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericaempowerment.com. 
The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 